There is a lot of news to keep up with here in southern southeast Alaska. From Ketchikan to Metlakatla to Craig, Klawak, Heinerberg, and Thorn Bay, it's a lot to keep track of. That's why last year we created the KRBD News Digest. It's a monthly email newsletter rounding up some of the best stories from the KRBD newsroom. It's a great way to stay on top of the latest and catch up on stories you might have missed. Sign up today at krbd.org newsletter. On tonight's KRBD Evening Report. Some Ketchikan residents are facing a long, circuitous journey home after a ferry cancellation stranded them in Canada. Plus, a trial date for a lawsuit over traditional tribal values in Ketchikan schools. And school boards from Ketchikan and Metlakatla discuss wounds exposed by a controversial basketball game last winter. <clears throat> All that and more. <clears throat> All that and more coming up. First, though, let's take a look at the weather. Rain tonight with lows around 40 and southeast winds to 15 miles an hour. Tomorrow Friday, rain that may be heavy at times. Highs in the mid-40s and southeast winds to 25 miles an hour, gusting to around 40. Friday night, rain with lows in the mid-30s, southeast winds to 20 miles an hour. On Saturday, rain likely highs in the mid-40s, southeast winds to 10 miles an hour. On Saturday night, chance of rain and snow, lows in the mid-30s and southeast winds to 10 miles an hour. It's the KRBD Evening Report. I'm Eric Stone. It's been a winter for the record books when it comes to holiday travel. Snow, ice, and scheduling issues have snarled flights, stranding passengers for days or weeks. Alaska has largely been spared from the airline crisis, aside from the usual weather-related issues that hold up flights from time to time. Here in Alaska, though, the problems are on the water. The Alaska Marine Highway System's decision to pull the Matanuska out of service has left some travelers stuck abroad. Mary Lindahl and her husband Jim love to ski in Smithers, British Columbia. In total, I, I figured it out. We've done it over 160 round, or 160 trips. So we've been doing it for about 20 years. The Ketchikan couple usually spends two to three weeks at their cabin in Smithers. After all, it's no small feat to get there. It's about four hours of driving through northern B.C. in the middle of the winter, and that's after a seven-hour ferry from Ketchikan to Prince Rupert. But it's always been worth it. All nine of the doll's grandkids learned to ski in Smithers, plus a half dozen of their Ketchikan friends. This year, Mary Lynn says the dolls planned a longer trip. They'd stay about two months since the marine highway system wasn't running any ferries in January. In order to come down for Christmas to meet with our friends and our family who drives up from Seattle. We had to come down the early part of December, and we couldn't leave until, De until February 7th. Why no ferries in January? The Matanuska, the ferry that runs to Prince Rupert, was in the shipyard getting some work done. During its annual overhaul, crews spotted some concerning issues on the Matanuska. Deputy Transportation Commissioner Catherine Keith said at a recent Marine Highway Operations Board meeting that one problem is crumbling asbestos. There has been always asbestos on board these aging vessels, and we know it's there. Um, however, when uh, asbestos becomes exposed, or is friable, meaning it's in like in the dust, that it is in, in the air, basically, then it becomes a, a health risk. That stopped work immediately. The state, of course, doesn't want welders and pipe fitters breathing in cancer-causing dust. But crumbling asbestos wasn't the worst of what they found. And in addition to that, during the overhaul, uh, there was more discovered steel, which is going to increase the cost of this overhaul significantly, and the amount of time that the vessel would be in overhaul. Keith says repairs to the corroded steel will dramatically increase the cost of the overhaul. And she says the ferry service isn't sure what to do with the 60-year-old ship. 
we would like to pause on our decisions for capital investments in this project uh, to see what really is the wisest choice right now. Um, this steel work uh, it could increase the cost of this overhaul up to eight or ten million dollars, and we're still trying to quantify that exactly. That brings up a whole host of issues. The Matanuska has been the primary vessel serving the so-called mainline route through southeast Alaska. Its sister ships, the Taku and Malaspina, are both out of service. One was cut up for scrap, the other sold off as a floating museum. But for a more immediate concern... Ultimately, what these developments mean is that the Matanuska will not be able to be on our summer schedule or the February schedule. The ferry service isn't totally out of options. Keith says the flagship ferry Columbia is coming off the bench to fill in. The Columbia will now be on our schedule and sailing uh, as soon as February 13th. That's just a week after the dolls were originally scheduled to sail home. No problem. They're retired. Anyone who's traveled in Alaska or northern Canada during the winter knows it's a good idea to plan for a bit of a cushion in case of delays. But the Columbia won't be going to Prince Rupert. It's not certifying for international travel. And even if it was, it's too big to tie up the Prince Rupert terminal. The other ship with the necessary certification to sail the Prince Rupert, the Kennecott, is scheduled to hit the shipyard in February for maintenance. So, a few days ago, Dahl says she got some bad news. The ferry service called us and said that our, our, our ferry home from Prince Rupert to Ketchikan has been canceled, period. And there's no plan to replace it. <laughs> we said, what? <laughs> well, what, well, what are we supposed to do? We're down here and we have a ticket to come home. Sure, they could fly home, but it's awfully hard to fly with a car full of ski stuff and two dogs. Airlines don't exactly take cars as checked baggage. And they said, well, you know, there is no option. Unless you drive down to Bellingham. And I was, I was a little shocked, to be honest with you. Bellingham, Washington is the southernmost port on the marine highway system. It's also a 13-hour drive from Smithers in the summer. So we are going to drive 700 miles to Bellingham um, from here in Smithers, where we're now. And then we have to get on the ferry a week later and go another 750 miles the other direction to get back to Ketchikan, which is kind of crazy. Carabini tried to ask the Department of Transportation how many people were affected by the Prince Rupert cancellations. We wanted to know whether there were plans to send another boat to pick up people stuck in Canada, whether a state ferry or a private vessel. We asked if there were plans to help people with the cost of driving to Bellingham, but DOT didn't return interview requests or provide a written statement. So Mary Lynn and her husband are on their own. It's really irritating. I know that these boats are old and I know they need maintenance, but that should be expected and planned. And, and because you've sold the tickets already, unless the boat is imminently going to sink, I think you should pick those people up and bring them home and then, you know, not, not proceed to keep running the boat. And plan a little bit better. And she has some ideas. She says she'd like to see the ferry system upgrade more ships to handle the Prince Rupert route. And she says the Alaska legislature should find a way to insulate the Marine Highway's budget from shifting political winds. But for now, she's planning for a long, cold drive south. A lawsuit challenging the use of traditional tribal values in Ketchikan's schools is scheduled to go to trial this spring. 
The parents, Justin Brees and Rebecca King, are suing the district in Ketchikan Charter School for its display of Southeast traditional tribal values in schools and their place in a behavioral reward system. Brees and King are asking the district to stop using the values to promote certain behaviors in schools. They express specific concern over reverence for our creator, one of the 14 values laid out by a panel of elders in 2004. Brees and King say using the value in schools violates the First Amendment and the state constitution. The president of the tribe that created the list of values says the word creator is not a reference to any particular religion. During a trial call on Thursday, Judge Catherine Libran set a status hearing for March 16th at 1 p.m. at a tentative trial date of April 26th through 28th. Brees and King are representing themselves. The school district is represented by Anchorage-based attorney John Patasson. The Inter-Island Ferry Authority will take over for the Alaska Marine Highway System Ferry Latuya on Friday and Saturday while the boat continues to be sidelined by mechanical issues. The Ferry Authority and Metlakatla's tribe both announced the plan on Thursday afternoon. The IFA boat will leave Ketchikan at 11.30 a.m. both Friday and Saturday, arriving in Metlakatla at 12.15. The boat will leave again, bound for Ketchikan at 12.30 p.m., arriving at 1.15. Vehicle lineup is 24 hours before the boat's departure. IFA service to Prince of Wales Island is unaffected by the move. The Latuya did not make either of the two planned runs to the Annette Bay on Thursday, according to the Metlakatla Indian community. It's been experiencing mechanical issues since Monday when it canceled its last run of the day. Last winter, controversy erupted over a basketball game between Ketchikan High School and nearby rival Metlakatla. Students dressed in cowboy hats, flannel shirts, and boots for what Ketchikan's pep club planned as a country theme night. Some students shouted racial slurs, according to investigators. Indigenous fans from both communities took the theme as an offensive reference to old tropes of cowboys and Indians, as the Ketchikan team hosted players from Alaska's only reservation. Ketchikan's school district has since apologized and pledged to do better in the future. And just recently, Ketchikan's school board made the trip to Metlakantla to address the rift the incident left between the two communities. As KRBD's Reagan Miller reports, the meeting was the beginning of what Metlakantla officials say is a necessary healing process. It wasn't just about a basketball game or a theme. Me personally, I've seen that it was evident in both communities that there is a deep wound. That's Gatgita Hike, the president of Mutlakatla School Board, speaking on her own behalf about the damage caused by a country night pep club theme. Uh, in order for the healing to begin, uh, it's something that needs to be talked about amongst everyone, including leaders in the community. That's what happened on Martin Luther King Jr. Day, when a handful of members from Ketchikan's school board made the trip to Metlakatla. There was just one item on the agenda to discuss the deeper problems exposed by that basketball game last winter. Hike says the time was dedicated to exploring ways that the two towns can keep finding ways to bring their students together. I think that everyone is looking forward to moving forward and developing a good relationship. Stephen Bradford is the president of Ketchikan School Board. He says officials in both communities agree that it's time to build a closer relationship. Uh, we realized that there had never been a joint meeting of the uh, two school districts that uh, anyone could remember anyway. And we just felt like it was a very productive session just because they are so close and we are so intertwined. Bradford says the two boards also discussed some recent basketball games between the Ketchikan Kings and the Metlakatla Chiefs. He says both boards agree that the atmosphere has been positive at tournament and regular season games. And, and I think the same 
feeling was expressed about the Clark Cochran because the Metlakatla Miss Chiefs had participated in, in that tournament, and everything was uh, a great atmosphere and a lot of fun for the kids. Tom Hewitt, a Ketchikan school board member, says the meeting was a reminder of just how closely connected the two towns are. We have a lot more in, in, in common than we do that separates us. Hewitt says he'd like to continue to forge closer ties with Metlakatla's district. So I think what I got out of it was Ketchikan and Metlakatla are very closely connected, almost, you know, one larger community because uh, a lot of folks from there come over here, vice versa, very closely linked. And our school, two school districts are both facing a lot of the same challenges. School board member Diane Gubatayo also made the trip over. She describes the meeting as a chance to show appreciation to Metlakatla. Bradford brought gifts to Metlakatla's board, including a few framed pictures and a wooden art piece commemorating Alaska Native civil rights leader Elizabeth Pratchervich, created by Ketchikan students. Metlakatla's board members took them on a tour of Metlakatla High School and the new vocational technical buildings, including an inside look at the school's SCUBA certification program. Gubatayo says she was grateful for the opportunity. I think it was a, a very important um, event for one board to um, honor another and to build relationships with another as uh, board members to board members. And we all acknowledge that the most important thing in our efforts and discussion, it's all about the students and um, what's best for our students. And Bradford agreed, at the end of the day, it's not about basketball. It's about the students. And you could tell that there's great friendship and camaraderie uh, between the players themselves. Uh, Sometimes it's the adults who get in the way. He says the two boards are ready to move forward together. Reporting in Ketchikan, I'm Reagan Miller. That is all for tonight's edition of the KRBD Evening Report. Thanks so much for tuning in. You can get the show as a podcast on your favorite podcast app or on your smart speaker by asking it to play the KRBD Evening Report. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Eric Stowe.